Welcome to Virtuoso. Your story and sound, Shangri-La. Entertaining stories that enhance your wellbeingness and well-being. Please welcome your host, Trevor Joran. In this exciting episode, we talk about the epic film Titanic and how love is unexplainable and crosses boundaries. We also talk about the Grammy award-winning country band Zac Brown and how they make musical personality shifts work. And I interview my cousin Donovan on what it's like to create over 14 albums since the age of four. Here's what you can expect in this episode. We'll have a quick mindful moment to bring us together. Today's focus is creativity. At four and a half minutes in, then I'll showcase the story behind the final song of the most luxurious ship ever built, the Titanic. Next, I'll talk a little bit about the wine I am sipping in this episode. I am featuring Elegance Expressed in Liquid by the Russian River Valley winery Gary Farrell. Then we'll have the sound portion, around 11 minutes in, where we talk about the Grammy award-winning band of Zac Brown and how they created Jekyll and Hyde. Following that, we'll spin the globe and learn about a new location. This time, it's the African giant of Nigeria. Next, I'll interview the songwriter and producer Donovan Colton at minute 19. Note, if you only want to listen to the interview for Friends of Donovan, you can play that segment alone by going to the excerpt episode, which features just our conversation. And lastly, we'll have our concluding segment with the pennies and pounds notes. Enjoy the show. For today's mindful moment, I'd like to focus on the theme of creativity. This can be somewhat of a nebulous term because it means something different to everyone. It can mean finding innovative solutions to the problems at hand, or it can mean something more mystical like tapping into the higher senses. I would like you to try to clearly picture that creative state of mind and enter it now. We're going to focus on the breath. As you inhale through your nose, pause at the top and exhale through your mouth. Breathe in. And as you breathe out, just gently close the eyes. It's quite normal for our mind to jump around from past to present to future. Just bring the back the mind with attention to creativity and gentleness. Notice how your body feels. If there is a sense of movement or stillness in the body right now. Now inhale, and exhale. Rather than becoming your feelings or emotions, just take note and let go. 
find your way into your creative space. Inhale and exhale. All right, now that we're all together, let's bring the energy up and get the show started. Okay, we have the Titanic up for our story segment today. In short summary, James Cameron's epic film Titanic is the story of the largest and most luxurious ship ever built, which was deemed the unsinkable state-of-the-art floating Ritz Hotel. The Ship of Dreams brought the final song to over 1,500 people in the icy North Atlantic on April 15, 1912. There's also a great focus on the diamond, known as the Heart of the Ocean, which has tales of being based on the 45-carat Hope Diamond, worth an estimated $250 million. When I look at this movie, I think that the meaningful message is that love is an unexplainable and boundless phenomenon. An enlightened excerpt from the film. From the film is when Jack says, Where to, miss? And Rose responds, To the stars. Jack also says later on in the film, I got everything I need right here with me. I got air in my lungs, a few blank sheets of paper. I mean, I love waking up in the morning not knowing what's going to happen or who I'm going to meet, where I'm going to wind up. Just the other night I was sleeping under a bridge, and now here I am, on the grandest ship in the world, having champagne with you fine people. I figure life's a gift, and I don't intend on wasting it. You don't know what hand you're going to get dealt next. You learn to take life as it comes at you, and make each day count. Well, that, my friends, is quite a beautiful message about living each day to the fullest. The clever concept of the Titanic film, I think, can be argued whereas the deeper meaning of the theme of this movie is about the separation of class. For Jack is a poor young man and Rose is an aristocratic young woman. But Cupid was bound to make these two meet, and by doing so, opposites attract. Throughout their relationship, we see these characters go through concepts of selfless love and materialism, and learning to deal with what each other can bring to the table, and what each other is missing in their lives. With Jack, Rose can gain a deeper understanding of her life in a way that she can move away from being spoiled to becoming a more free person, free from the shackles of her class. Jack bursts her bubble, who she could love. Suddenly, her eyes and heart were open, and she was no longer thinking of her arranged marriage. Paint me like one of your French girls symbolizes this change. Plus, running around a ship breaking the rules certainly leads to an exciting film. The brilliant blemish, I think, in this film is that a woman's heart is as deep as the ocean of secrets, Rose said. At the end of Titanic, why does Rose throw away that necklace? I mean, if it's worth an estimated 250 million, why on earth would you throw it to the bottom of the ocean? Could be a brilliant blemish, 
This always struck me as odd. Maybe she wanted to avoid all the legal battles from cashing in on such a diamond, or maybe it goes deeper than that. I think we may consider that her highest self believes that the best home for this diamond is with the lives that were lost, and most importantly with Jack. It shows that she's forever held Jack in her heart, and by dropping the diamond, she's finally letting it go, giving it to Jack's memory forever. As one of the band members said on the ship, Gentlemen, it's been a privilege playing with you tonight. And it sure has been a privilege sharing the meaningful message and clever concept behind Titanic. Thank you for listening. In today's culinary corner, I am focusing on elegance. From the winery Gary Farrell, today I am excited to be sipping a gem from the Russian River. I've picked a Pinot Noir from Gary Farrell. See, I recall driving up the long, windy road, climbing into the hills high above the fog, and being welcomed by Kevin into a breathtaking tasting room with vistas that were only surpassed by the elegance and exciting profile of the wines here. The cool breeze from the nearby Pacific lends its grace to these beautiful liquid expressions of the land. My Pinot has a backbone of acidity that's both mouth-watering and would work perfectly with a variety of meals. But I greatly look forward to pairing it with my Moroccan salmon later on. Teresa Heredia is the winemaker, and she has done a very good job pulling the best traits of Sonoma County into these wonderful wines. My Pinot today is light, lively, fresh, bright. The red fruits are exuberant, and it is making this podcast recording just such a gem. Thank you, Gary Farrell, for producing such beautiful Pinots, and generally cool Burgundian varietals. Thank you. All right. Next, I'm going to talk about Jekyll and Hyde, which is a album produced by Zach Brown Band. In short summary, Zach Brown Band is a Grammy award-winning and certified triple platinum band in the genre of country and rock. And the particular album, released in April of 2015, I want to focus on here, was actually a number one Billboard 200 album, making it their third to reach this list. It's a fantastic album. Their clever concept is a musical personality shift, like the diabolical two-faced character created by Robert Louis Stevenson, Jekyll and Hyde. The album is an example of an amalgamation of soft rock and country rock, even heavy metal, big band, bluegrass, even electronic genres. It proves that the band has musical taste and reach that is pretty much endless. I remember being astounded by the diversity 
on this album, and it has remained with me since it has come out. Fabulous piece of music. So I think a couple meaningful messages here. There's one song which is titled Heavy is the Head, and there's a few lyrics which go like this. No soul knows his trouble, high upon his throne. Loved by few and judged by many, he bears that weight alone. It's a lifelong expedition, second-guessing your decisions. Man, the pressures of being at the top. It is lonely up there. I often read about people who make it only want the simple pleasures of life back. And Roberta and I often have conversations where she tells me stories about her celebrity friends and how they can't even go out to dinner or shopping without being harassed. I don't know, man. Is it all worth it? You tell me. Another song is called Dress Blues, and this one really hits close to home. It gave me chills down my spine when I first heard it. There's one line that goes, Did you get your chance to make peace with the man before he sent down his angels for you? Religion aside, this excerpt highlights the fact that every one of us, not only our soldiers, have a limited amount of time. So are you living with a peace of mind? You never planned on the bombs in the sand or sleeping in your dress blues. Man, this lyric, this one is powerful. You never planned on the bombs in the sand. This made me wonder a great deal about my brothers who are in the service. I've always been scared for them and all soldiers, as well as the families of our soldiers, for what they have to live with, a big question mark, a real uncertainty about life and how much is left. So it makes me have a great appreciation for the men and women who are serving our country and standing up for our freedom. The enlightened excerpt from this album I think that we can all take to heart for our lovers. There's an excellent song which has a great line. It goes, you make loving you easy. You make crossing out, finding an angel off my list. Yeah. Ooh. Ooh. And then there's this one part where it goes like, cross out, finding an angel off my list. I think if you ever say that to your sweetheart, oh, you make crossing, finding an angel off my list. Save that one for your sweetie. So, with all this in mind, these great lyricists, these great genre-bending musicians. It makes me wonder if one is such an amalgamation, then what does one really stand for? Something to ponder. today's global segment, I spun the globe around, closed my eyes, and landed in the country of Nigeria. The Republic of Nigeria is a country in West Africa, with its southern coast on the Gulf of Guinea and the Atlantic. This is the seventh largest country in the world, 
and there are over 250 different ethnic groups and 500 different languages within this country, leading to a wide varieties of cultures. Because of this incredible diversity, English is chosen as the language to unify the land at a national level. The second most common unifying trait of this land is their belief system, where half the country are Christians, living mostly in the south, and the other half being Muslim, living mostly in the north. Excitingly, Nigeria is on the rise, with the third largest youth population in the world, over 90 million people in this country are under the age of 18. And with the largest economy in Africa, this is one country with an emerging market definitely to watch as it comes into its own as a global power. The country has not escaped the British influence or civil war, but has officially become a stable democracy before the turn of the century. Nigeria is at the forefront of the development of African music. Their influence has reached into the native rhythm techniques that have been linked to the Congo, Cuba, Jamaica, and worldwide. There are some interesting genres in music, which are known as Afrobeat, Fuji, and Juju, as well as palm wine music, and these have all been influenced by the country of Nigeria. Also, it has influenced various hip-hop genres, and the number one record label in Africa, Kenneth Music, has a roster full of hip-hop artists. Nollywood, which is a blend of Nigeria and Hollywood, is the second largest producer of movies in the world after India's film industry. And a major portion of the local economy of the cities of Lagos and Kamo depend on these industries. Because of the affordable digital filming and editing technologies, movies and music are more accessible. And this is a beautiful thing because the young people throughout Africa have the opportunity now to become a global influence and make a better life for themselves through their artistry. One of my very favorite parts about Africa is their cuisine, and the food of Nigeria is varied and rich. They often cook with palm oils and groundnut oils to create deep sauces that are accompanied with hot chilies, and they make lavish and colorful dishes with aromatic spices. As you travel through the countryside, you will often find roadside snack huts cooking barbecues and fried dishes. Mm-hmm, yum. One place that I would definitely like to go is Nigeria. Aloha. All right, everyone. I am having my cousin, Donovan Colton, who is a composer, multi-instrumentalist, and producer on the show today. And it is my great pleasure to welcome you, Donovan. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. I know that since your early teenage years, you have been working on the piano, guitar, drums, bass, and you taught yourself how to write, record, and mix all of your own work as well as studying classical musical theory. And um, I've always been impressed by your projects. And can you tell me where the uh, spark of inspiration came for for you and your music journey? Well, I mean, honestly, so when I was uh, four, it probably started when I was four. My dad gave me a stereo and just a bunch of classic rock CDs, and I was just absolutely obsessed. And so I was just begging and begging to learn guitar. My mom was like, well, 
if you want to learn guitar, you should learn piano first because it's such a, you know, fantastic foundation for music. And so I actually started learning um, piano and, and like a couple months later, I started guitar when I was five. And honestly, that's, I mean, since then, it's just been, you know, snowball effect, just getting pretty much any inspiration from anything, you know, all of my favorite uh, you know, artists and other composers and that sort of thing. Mm. Yeah, I, I'm glad that I started on the piano a few years ago, and I'm even considering different instruments at this point in my musical career, but I am just really happy that I, I got myself on the keys to begin with. Uh, speaking of learning, what are you learning about at this point in your musical career? You've been doing it for over a decade and a half now, and been practicing since you were a young boy, so what's there left to learn? What are you learning about now? <laughs> There's a lot to learn. I, I feel like such a noob. I mean, I've done, uh, let's see, 14 albums. I just finished a film and stuff. And I, I, you know, film composing is, is kind of been my main goal, but the last uh, few months, you know, I've, I've been really starting to focus on game composing. So composing music for video games. And that is like a whole nother area to explore. I mean, it's such a different style of writing music than for like film, you know, from A to B, it's it's just a linear story. You're just telling a linear story where video games, you know, the player is the one who is prompting all the story, you know, throughout the game. So the music has to adapt to that. And it still has to tell a story, though. It just has to do it in a way that's not determined already so it's a it's quite a quite a different realm and so i've been really learning a lot about you know writing that sort of uh way for music and which is a non-linear fashion how, how exactly does that work it sounds like a very interesting concept because like for example your previous compositions start in point a end at point b and tell a story throughout how do you how do you compose for video games in a non-linear way it's super interesting. So, I mean, throughout the uh, game in the game engine, the player, as they're moving through, you know, the game, they're basically triggering all these, you know, there's there's tons of triggers that, you know, trigger sound effects. And then it also triggers the music. And so, like, let's say there'll be this, you know, you're playing the video game, you're in a certain area. The music will have, you know, a kind of calm layer. It's for exploring the area. And then, like, let's say there's, you know, something kind of more tense that that happens, you know, in the game, the music then will trigger a layer to the song that's a more tense kind of version of what was going on before. And then, you know, let's say the tense thing kind of subsides and it's something, you know, else happens on the screen. And so then it will trigger, you know, either the same music that it was before or maybe a different part of the song, you know, that's kind of calm or something like that. And it basically is just like grabbing it's like there's like 10 different songs going on at once at all points in time. But depending on what the player is doing, it's picking different songs or different parts of the song and kind of constructs it there. And so it's you have to basically make sure things like loop really well and then transitions to other things go really well. That way, you know, whenever the player is going, they could, you know, never notice any disruptions or any weird things happening with the music. Interesting. What a cool concept. I remember when we were growing up, uh, spending time at your your house and playing lots of video games, The Legend of Zelda comes to mind. Um, yeah. Tell me about your favorite genre of music and why. 
I mean, that is, it's, it's super hard because it just kind of depends. Really, honestly, my favorite style of music right now is kind of a modern orchestral style of music. However, I really grew up loving rock and, and um, metal and that sort of thing. I, I have a really deep appreciation for every genre of music as long as it you know, has a create creativity side, you know, to it, um, which mm-hmm. most music does. And so there's something to love about, you know, I think all genres of music really, but yeah, I mean the rock in, in metal stuff, honestly was, was, uh, what kind of, um, kept pushing me just because it's a very complex genre of music and, and, and it's kind of weird to realize but it's very deeply tied into like classical music as well. Um, it's huh. a completely different sound. It's just has that same kind of theory approach where it's really structured. It's really, um, it's, it's not like something like jazz where it's really kind of free f- form and like, you know, you could take things lots of lots of places, you know, to get from A to B where it like classical and like the rock and metal kind of stuff. It's, it's very structured from getting from A to B. There's, you know, a lot more quote unquote rules, even though there's not really rules. It's just a lot more strict, I guess. And I love that complexity um, side of it. I also love, you know, jazz and that sort of stuff. That's a lot more free form, but uh, I don't know that, that uh, I guess, yeah, style where it's, where it's more structured, I guess is kind of my, my favorite. I can relate because when I started studying the form of screenplays, I also found that there are lots of quote unquote rules or there's a specific structure to, you know, design the emotional machine to have the highest impact. I mean, you can break the rules, but it might not work. And structure is sort of like a tree that bends in the wind, but doesn't snap. Like you can move things, but you don't want to break the rule too far. Um, sure, absolutely. Well, you know. it's 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 actually kind of funny though, because one of one of my favorite composers, actually, I mean, he is my favorite composer, Hans Zimmer. He he always says basically like completely bend rules and that sort of thing. I mean, he's somebody who makes very structured music. However, he also completely breaks a lot of quote unquote rules. But I think the difference is is he knows the rules that he's breaking once he's Mm. doing it. So he's not, you know, using necessarily the approach where, you know, it's following all those strict rules. It's kind of like, okay, I'm not going to follow the rules. And because it's so deliberate and owns it so well, I think that's where it starts to, you know, kind of take life, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess you can take that approach and um, hope to succeed. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You have to. It's it's a it's a slippery surface because it's something that could be like either amazing or it could be absolutely horrible, and then you right, just learn right. from it and move on. <laughs> right, exactly. But I guess playing safe and playing by the rules can also be uh, boring, and you know, produce a cookie cutter product that doesn't inspire anyone. Well, it could be just more expected. You know, I think a lot of times with art, if everything was expected, it ne- isn't necessarily you know, the best it's, it's kind of like, you know, a, a lot of times pop music gets, you know, a bad rap just because, you know, especially as a, as a music producer for me is whenever I listen to a pop song, I, I'd know everything that's going to happen in the song. And, um, you know, and that's, 
there's there's stuff I could still love about you know a lot of pop music like you know mixes and and you know the production side of it I really enjoy that but um, when you're fully expecting and when everything happens the exact same measures that you think it's going to happen when it changes to a chord that you already know it's going to change to you know that kind of hurts the uh, immersion I guess and so music I think is in all art is supposed to kind of surprise you a little bit it's supposed to kind of catch you off guard I think yeah I can relate because when I watch movies sometimes I see the structure blatantly like you can tell when you know minute 12 occurs and the emotional turn goes in this direction and the minute 25 occurs and the emotion you know the act breaks on the very minute and Mm -hmm. you know various points throughout the film you can somewhat expect what's going to happen in the character's journey and and i feel like i get some sense of satisfaction because when i watch it i'm like oh yeah i know that this is going to happen but at the same time it sort of uh, takes the magic away. Yeah. Well, and I think it makes it less memorable just because it's too much like, um, I don't know, something else. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But there is this um, there's saying in Hollywood that says, give me the same thing, but different. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Donovan Colton has helped me greatly compose some beautiful soundtracks and I want to talk about the the process. So I gave you a couple of guidelines. I remember telling you about how I wanted to produce a sound that encapsulated a global spirit and you really took that and ran with it. You gave me sounds from Europe, you gave me sounds from Africa, you gave me sounds with the guitar, with the piano, with full orchestral pieces. So just tell me about your journey um, producing the music for the show. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, yeah, it was kind of like really kind of going into little pockets, I guess, of, of, of you know, different sounds. You know, I one thing I wanted to be really careful of when when I was composing um, this music is that I wasn't um, being uh, disrespectful to any sort of the cultures just because a lot of those you know places like in in Africa or you know the Middle East or any Asian kind of countries they they, they have v- very um, specific traditional theory that the music is built off of and you know I'm very well trained in you know the kind of classical western music theory so you know uh, re- really I, that's europe and you know kind of over it stuff that was developed in the last you know uh four, 400 years or so and you know a lot of the kind of middle eastern and asian kind of uh traditional music is built off of very very different um music theory so i wanted to kind of like capture that sound but without getting too far into it because i i am not super you know well studied i've i've definitely spent you know a a considerable amount of time studying that that style music because i love to be as well-rounded but honestly i mean to fully uh you know capture the the that traditional kind of culture cultural sound I mean, it takes like a lifetime of, of learning, honestly. So, you know, it, it was a really fun balance of, you know, kind of capturing the sound, but really staying true to kind of my personal composing style and not disrespecting any sort of the cultures. 
Yep, yep. Interesting blend. And I appreciate that. I like that you you still drew from what you knew and created a unique approach towards these bumpers. And I remember conversing with you a few times and you said that writing the shorter songs are more difficult than the longer ones. Can you speak to that? So that my audience can just know what these little, you know, 15 second bumpers, what goes into that? Because we're going to use them to break the show apart. But that's quite a job composing that. Tell me about that. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, writing a 15 minute or 15, 15 minute, honestly, writing a 15 minute piece is easier than writing a 15 second piece. And I think <laughs> the reason is, is because I, I love um, storytelling. I love taking, you know, music through, through a journey. And for this project, um, we have a kind of a overarching theme. So for the, the intro and, you know, the outro is, is based on a, off of a theme. And I decided to condense that theme down to just simply, you know, uh, technically it's four notes, but it could be even brought down to three notes. Um, and I, and the reason I, I made the theme able to do that is so I can bring those three notes into these super short songs and um, be able to fit them in, you know, different scales. So it works with the different kind of sounds um uh, you know that we're going for but uh but yeah i mean writing a convincing you know that 15 second song that puts you in the the you know sound world um for you know whatever we're trying to to convey is really tricky because it's it's you know not every second at that point is makes a big difference but uh it's fun it's a fun challenge though <laughs> Good. I'm glad that I was able to challenge you creatively. And I respect that, you know, you were able to design, you know, a world of sound that brings someone somewhere, tells them a quick story and then drops them off without it sounding abrupt in only about 20 seconds. That's quite an accomplishment. Sure. Yeah, it's it's definitely tricky, but yeah, it's 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 fun. I'm glad that we, you know, got to chat and we got to work on this project together and to many more. Thank you, Donovan, for your time today. If people who are listening to the show are interested to hear more of your music and see what you're up to, where should we direct them? Uh, So I've got my website, DonovanColton.com. But I'm also, you know, under any sort of streaming service you know spotify apple music youtube music any anything that you know whatever you listen on uh just under my name donovan colton great all right oh well thank you for your time today donovan i'm glad that we got to sit down and discuss music together it was a lot of fun yeah it was great thank you okay till next time In this segment of Pennies and Pounds, if you're feeling the need for inspiration, consider the words of Anton de Saint-Exupéry, who is a French writer and aviator, when he says, if you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the sea. The idea here 
is that when you want things, you've got to figure out how to pitch it to the benefit of whomever's help you need. And for the pounds, here are a few ideas that we can implement to have less stress. Exercise and then relax the mind. Smile, breathe, and go slowly. When you feel the swelling of the world's distractions, remind yourself to pause. Remember, we cannot expect clear judgment from an agitated mind. Well, in conclusion, to my listeners, I want to thank you for spending this time with me. It's hard work putting these shows together, but knowing that you are out there being engaged, entertained, and enhanced by the Virtuoso Show makes it all worth it to me. I'm glad that we are able to spend time together every few weeks. If you love what I'm doing and you want to support me, please go to trevorsthoughts.com and sign up for my email. Alternatively, you can shoot me a quick message at muse at trevorsthoughts.com. That's M-U-S-E, like the Greek muses. I'll send you an email back and we can begin our relationship from there. Keep an eye out for our next episode coming out December 1st. If you want a friendly reminder, please sign up for the email and I'll let you know when the new one is out. Thanks again, and I look forward to our next show together.